That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast re-watching and dissecting Batman v Superman one minute at a time. And in a historic turn of events, we have arrived at minute 132, a minute that needs no introduction. In fact, a minute that maybe for the first time in this entire podcast, I find myself speechless in the face of Batman v Superman by the minute. When we say that this is the minute, (laughs) the minute in our podcast title is referring to this minute. Yeah. Anybody who knows the movie knows this is the Martha minute. And it is crazy to think of all the years ago when we started this, that, that not only have we arrived at this incredible minute we wanted to talk about, but one of, if not the main minute that people will seek out and listen to, to, to try to get a sense of what this podcast is even intended to do. It's funny going into this one where it's, it's like the, in, in literal ways, like the barrel of the gun we've been staring down for 130 plus minutes now. But at the same time, there's a, there's an excitement of like, when you talk about do, breaking this down minute by minute, this minute has been on totally. our mind since we, you know, years ago when we started the podcast, but also there's been a, a little bit of a, I don't know if dread is the right word, but a creeping, like how much has not been said about this minute? Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah, if there was a sort of focus point that, that really, what, like a totemic minute or, or seconds in the film that really embodied how more than anything for us in this podcast, just misunderstood or, or misanalyzed or kind of given a, a sort of bad faith. It's okay to poke fun at things after they've had their kind of moment. Um, Avatar is is an indicator there, but I think we felt that this never really even got the moment that it should have had. So in a way, the podcast has kind of been leading here. But at the same time, as everyone listening knows, our understand my understanding of this minute and these moments has completely changed by taking a close analysis of everything that came to it. Oh yeah, well, and it's it's like the litmus test of like what we talk about when we talk about Batman v Superman and the way people interpret and talk about which are two you know two separate things the way they interpret it and the way they talk about this scene is emblematic of how they talk about the entire rest of the movie so as a result there's a lot of things we have to say about this minute but also so much about what we've said about the movie up to this point is is crucial to like like we've been talking about this minute for the entire movie and like almost every minute feel like holding back to be like and this is how it relates to that minute (laughs) like this is why this is relevant for martha and and so i'm glad that we've managed to save a lot of things to talk about here but it's it is it is kind of now that we're actually recording it such a, a a huge moment of like oh wow this is there's a lot more to come after this but also all the groundwork that we have laid or or maybe we haven't laid all of the groundwork we've discovered and uh and examined that that zach laid and yeah the the actors and the musicians and the the cinematographers and every bit of energy that went into this that we've been examining is kind of culminates here yeah i mean and and yeah like you say well like we're going to talk about every single thing that we've talked about in the movie to this point in every previous minute has been leading to this like there there is a real 
a climax of sorts, right? Yeah. But let's get started because some of my favorite stuff in this minute comes even before the words are spoken. You're letting him kill Martha. What does that mean? Why did you say that name? Find him. Save Martha. The minute begins, as we said, with that beautiful shot of Batman with the spear stalking up to Superman. This is a graphic novel panel uh, that I would it would be a double page spread that I would just soak up uh, every single bit of. But Batman gets to Superman, kicks him over onto his back, totally defeated. We see another look of pain on Superman's face. And I think this time I, it's it's where we slow down and I realize, oh, right, he's, he doesn't know what kryptonite feels like. This this is a look of pain and anguish of something completely different to him. This isn't powdered kryptonite being inhaled and lowering his durability or whatever we're talking about. This is a massive radioactive mass of stuff next to him. Yeah, the well, and he obviously encountered it for the first time with the 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 dust or the the particles in the in the gas. And so this means that not only is kryptonite new to him altogether, but the the concentration of of what's happening here is totally new, and so, you know he's, he's had five minutes to figure out. Wait, what is this thing? I'm powerless, and now, as you as you can see by the way he's kind of lay, laying helpless, almost that there's a much more potent impact of the the larger rock on him. Yeah, and based on what he's about to say, he is understanding. You know where there was confusion before with Kryptonite. This time, he knows he has a weapon that is going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Or is capable of killing me, and if there's any doubt about what's about to happen, Bruce says to him, as he said before, "You're not brave. Um, men are brave." He now delivers the second half of that and says, "You were never a god." And then presses his foot onto Superman's throat and says, "You were never even a man." I want to talk about this exchange because we have a very different perspective on what Bruce is saying here than. Superman does. Mm -hmm. You were never a god, I believe, has no meaning to Superman. He never thought of himself as one. Right. Or he's thought of, you know, the opposite, almost. Like, he's like, will people stop making me into one? Yeah. So, who in this previously said in this movie that this is a god among men come to Earth? Yeah, many other. I mean, you have you have both. To Bruce. uh, Yeah, Alfred. (laughs) And I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Like, he is speaking to Alfred. In this moment, in 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 a, symbolically, but I think in the way that almost absorbs Alfred into Bruce's presence here. Yeah. Whether you're saying that it's his mind his, or his, his conscience, psyche. Yeah. The angel on his shoulder, the little Alfred angel. Ultimate misunderstanding, the ultimate embodiment of that powerlessness is not only oblivious to the rage and the fever and cruelty that they're having because they've been made to feel powerless but now is claiming it to be some kind of victory. I proved you wrong. You were no God. Yeah. Which is just wasted words on Superman. It it seems like he doesn't even, this is not for him. This is for us and for Bruce. Yeah. Well, and it's not just, once again, we said, I was talking in in the last few minutes about how Bruce has now, the things that he is saying are very, very reminiscent of what Lex was saying on the rooftop. And this is the, they'll see the holes in the holy, right? 
Alfred is definitely a, a component of Bruce's perspective here, but also the, the, the media and the world that thinks that you know, treats Superman as a savior, or at least the parts of it do. Bruce is, he's proving, see, look, I have shown that he's not what people say he is. And the same as, as Lex celebrating, they will, they'll see the holes in the holy. It's, I think, not an accident that Bruce is here because he was, he was led by, by Lex and manipulated to, to prove Lex's point. He is a tool of Lex in this moment, especially, you know, and he's holding another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, the kryptonite spear came from designs that came from, from Lex Luthor, but also you're going to like, look at the source material. Obviously Batman has used kryptonite plenty of times, but also Lex Luthor has a stronger association with kryptonite at, you know, he's, he's the arch Superman nemesis. And so the, the fact that Batman is using Lex's words and Lex's tools now to prove Lex's point is, is fascinating. And the reason I think that's so relevant is we were talking before about when they, we had the, a few um, minutes ago when they were all Bruce was um, looking at the Wayne family crest, Superman was on top of the mountain and Lex was on top of his building. We pointed out that they all are orphans in, in one way or the other, but the difference is that Lex doesn't have that Martha presence and he doesn't have a, a, an equivalent presence in his life. And so uh, I think that factors into this minute a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to say that the you were never a god is the Lex side of the equation here, where this is what Bruce and Lex agree on. It makes sense that Bruce has kind of said, okay, strange strange bedfellows here, right? The enemy of my enemy, where we're both united, Lex and I, in this weapon being used against this thing, regardless of how much Bruce knows about what is going on here. I want to pause after... He says, you were never a god. He puts his foot on the throat of this this prey, I guess. And go back to minute four, Martha, that we recorded, where I pointed out, <laughs> I think it was one of my first re-reviewings of the movie, that what we saw from Martha when we when we showed her death and her fall on film and the almost... I think I said it was like the killing of a sacred deer were the words that came into my head because of the the last breaths that she had and and the way that her that sound of of her people opening as life left her and the only thing that we saw to indicate a wound as I said at the time is a spattering of blood coming up across her left cheek just into frame and now here in minute 132 where we've been talking about Bruce not realizing that he's taking the position of Joe Chill without realizing it, that he's now standing over Superman and he says, you were never even a man, and then cuts across that same cheek. When we talk about him taking the position and losing perspective and not realizing that he has accidentally moved from becoming him powerlessness in that moment as a kid through the anger of his father and now into the position of Joe Chill and as you said the gun just just the vision of the gun in to then inflict the same wound on Superman that he saw inflicted on his mother is just the accordion of this entire movie coming smashing together in one yeah. moment. And also to, just to highlight the, when it shows the footage of this, like when it shows the flashbacks to highlight some of Larry Fong's cinematography, especially that gunshot is that 
my favorite ultra ultra shallow depth of field so that literally it's just this haze and the barrel of the gun coming through it and it's from like eye level so it's bruce's perspective all he sees is a gun yeah that ptsd the the fixating on these moments within it and we know that the moments were that gun barrel, the gunshot. I mean, it's what we see, right? It's what we saw in his dream. He describes the opening as that's the dream that he keeps seeing. Those things that he's seeing are that flash of the gunshot, his mother falling, that last look at her face and hearing Martha. Obviously, we've, we've drilled that in so much to just now standing, looking down at that scenario from the position of power, um, inflicting harm and saying... You were never even a man is is just such a such a potent condensing of all of the trauma in Bruce's life that that he took. And it's why he is Batman. It's it's what Batman is, why Batman is why Bruce is vulnerable and why he has been pushed to this point through, I guess, like, you know, his his myopic obsession and just fixated view on that trauma. Well, it goes back to even. It's like he's talking to Alfred again. Go back to when we were talking about standing over the Wayne family crest. And he's like, you know how the Waynes got their fortune. And Alfred is like, oh, you know, business deals, <laughs> railroads, real estate. Yeah. And he goes, no, everybody did. We were hunters. It, the, this convincing himself of like, this is what men do, right? This is you know, it's the, the toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call it, where, yeah, not only you're Superman, not this God that everybody makes him out to, but he never even did the the hard stuff that I had to do to make myself a man or the way that I see being a man. It's just a perfect encapsulation of as the audience, we can see how far Bruce has gone that, that he cannot realize that he's now taken the role of the person who harmed him, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Right. Yeah. We also see in that dream the the introduction of the stained glass window of the angel stabbing the demon right mm-hmm. that we realized is is superman in metropolis so his his subconscious is trying to say you know maybe this guy isn't all bad but then bruce took walked away from that and said oh i'm the angel yeah i have to this is the moment that i'm coming to i, I could not be more in the right but there's also after he says those lines a moment where he 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 like exhales through his teeth. He's seething. And I think it's it's fascinating because he's not only it's not only his moment of victory where he's proving, see, look, you're not a god. See, look, you're not a man. I was right all along. He's yeah. also angry. He's it's his belief. He's yeah. mad that Superman isn't a god. He's like he like mm. he's mad that Superman isn't what he what would consider a, a man, right? There's a there's a level of like victory and in, in proving his point, but also this diamond absolute in the process. Making his world make sense. In the process yeah. of proving that Superman isn't this almighty, he is also destroying this diamond absolute in the process. And I think that that makes him angry that, that Superman can't be that ideal because it makes less sense now that he's destroyed the, 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 the beautiful lie, right? It's a lie that Superman is a God and I am proving that it's a lie. And now I'm mad that it's not true. The world only makes sense if you force it to. So I'm not committing murder. You were never even a man. I'm excusing myself of, of any gray area here or moral conundrum. 
Yeah. You were never even a man, which I guess we realize this alien, this monster, when he says you were never even a man, that he feels like he's saying it. Okay. He is saying that to Superman. Superman can take something away from that. But then you realize he wouldn't know. Does Bruce know Superman is Clark? Yeah, I think that's that's such a huge question about the whole thing. I always assume he doesn't. Yeah, same. I always assume he wouldn't even bother to. The, he wouldn't the, the think notion to, that Superman has a private life or a family at all wouldn't even hit his radar. That which is relevant. Yeah, um, when that suddenly comes, that realization comes crashing into him. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, he's he's able to hold up this illusion that he has because in his mind, Superman is an alien. He started a war. It's it's as if he landed on Earth full grown, which there's no reason to think that he didn't. Yeah. Right? And I think you already made the comparison too, where he um, with the you were never even a man going back to the breathe it in. That's fear. Uh, you're not brave. Yeah. Men are brave. Where both of those lines are are such a big focus of they reveal a lot about his his perspective and his psyche. And, and I think it's very tied to his PTSD in the sense that who he has had to mold himself into to make the world make sense. It, it goes back to that idea of like, is Superman a good fighter? Like not, is he powerful or is he strong, but is he a skilled fighter? Has he had to go through hardship to craft himself into this hero? Or is he just naturally gifted with superior power? Um, yeah. And, and so the answer kind of through this fight is, Oh, clearly he doesn't have a lot of this training because once you take away the power, Batman is then superior because he's this ideal of a, of a man, right? He's, he's strong and he's trained and he's tactical and he's, and he's done all of these things. And so that's kind of the point he's making here also is that you weren't even a God. Take that away. You weren't even, you haven't done anything. He's saying that none of your accomplishments are of your own hands, of your own yeah. effort and labor. You're nothing. Which actually does. I mean, I think that's part of his perspective here is I'm a man. You are a, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say demon, but it is like you are an oblivious mm -hmm. thing to me. A means to an end. Mm -hmm. You've become a means for me to feel like I am what slaying my trauma here. Yeah. He's he's seeking it out to to try to do that. And, and the only way this is all working is if now I get here and again, I'm not listening to you when you show up and say, Bruce, listen to me. I'm just hate, resolve. I'm, I'm resolute. This has to happen. I'm making this my, the, the lie. I'm, I'm committing it. I'm making it, you know, what I think is true. And he raises the spear to stab it down through Superman. And Superman says, you're letting him kill Martha. Watching it this time. I understand now more than ever Bruce's completely blank freeze of like for, for the, the only time where he might actually be listening to this thing. And it says, <laughs> as he responds, what does that mean? Yeah. He's very confused <laughs> initially. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> physically. And I want to highlight there, you're letting him kill Martha and Bruce freezes and then says, what does that mean? And then almost like looks, uh, glances away. It's almost like he's looking to see if he's on candid camera or something. He's like, yeah. what? <laughs> that total disbelief of I need to look away because I. It shattered his, his the reality that he was existing in it so severely that he's like, am I here? Am I where I thought yeah. I was? Am I 
Like you're you are letting him kill Martha when when that vision and that trauma is so ever present in Bruce's mind and has been for if not the last you know forty years the last eighteen months um, relentlessly. He then says, "Why did you say that name?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is so funny to see after that because it is the total bewilderment of what is the last like literally the last thing you could ever think of this guy to say, because in Bruce's mind, he doesn't know who I am. He didn't, he didn't hear him, but even if he did, the thing that he's saying makes absolutely no sense. It is the most charged words that Bruce could ever hear in any state, but especially this. Yeah. But there is no possible reason why this person, it doesn't make, there's no logic to yeah. it. Well, it's like they, uh, Martha's dead. Yeah. And, and the notion, the notion that he could be talking about Bruce's Martha is so foreign and, and impossible that it requires him to, in order to try to make sense of what those words even mean, to engage in the situation from an entirely different... Like he's thinking about it for the first time. What does that mean? How does he know that? Who is this guy? These are all things yeah. he's never once thought about before. He's never once said, who is this guy, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. he doesn't know... He lives in an apartment with Lois Lane and has a little, you know, pleasant life with it. Like there's no, that he hasn't ever considered that. And and now this is forcing him to think about these things that have, he didn't even know that they're unknown unknowns, right? <laughs> we'll talk about this later. I think a bit more of how it has been received and then repeated and kind of twisted. The total authenticity, genuine lack of anger or rage with which Bruce says, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. It is almost like, you know, being in a dream or something like that, but it is so honest of what is that? What is that supposed to mean? And then when there is no answer and there could be no answer, then that rage just builds frantically, desperately. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? It speaks to how, and we've said before, how unhinged he, he really is, like how beyond logic and understanding he is. Mm -hmm. But I think it is relevant that it isn't a rageful, you know, what does that, what does that mean? Um, it isn't that he's blind to rage. The rage that is there when he's screaming, why did you say that name? Is because it's almost like the willingness to go blind and deaf and just focus on his goal. That veil dropped a little bit. He says, what does that mean? And it sounds like Bruce only there there's a little bit of techno garble of the batman voice that is kind of blurred actually together with superman's gurgling because he has the foot on his throat but when he starts to scream why did you say that name you hear that batman voice uh, at the same time after trying to we said regain control almost mm -hmm. him saying why did you say that name the idea of bruce asking a question and not saying that he has all the answers Oh my God, no, like this is, this is wrong. You know, I can see Batman, you know, like trying to squeeze him back into the suit and say like, no, yeah. no, no, we don't need questions. We, there yeah. is no uncertainty. You're a hunter. Here. You know what you need to know. <laughs> if your prey turns around and says, you're, you're letting him kill your dead mother, you would say, what does that mean? But again, it's at this moment, it feels like the, what would you say? The resolve of Bruce disappears and is, and triggers anger mm -hmm. at that, that the, the resolve starts to falter. And we realize, you know, this house of cards of <laughs> resolve really just all of a sudden shakes and there's a tremor because he's now put into the, I don't know the whole story. I don't know everything that's going on here. This alien just said something that has value to me. That rage takes over. Why did you say that name? 
it's in that gap where the first clear piano notes of Beautiful Lie, which is so antithetical to the the dominant, you know, the the drums of Batman and the sort of relentless assault of Batman that now orally it starts realizing that that stuff that he put below the surface is coming back up, literally like impeding on the scene as, again, you know, a factor in, does he know it's a lie? How much does he know it when he's in it? When Bruce is at this moment of, I need an answer. I need him to explain what this means. Give me some insight. Then Superman forces out, again, thinking he's about to die, right? Yeah. After saying you're letting him kill Martha. What does that mean? Find him, save Martha. Full on traumatic flashback episode. Because the words find him to a Batman fan seeing Bruce in this moment and have it said to him in the context of the death of his parents. Find him is an incredibly loaded. I mean, even just the him uh, is an incredibly loaded sequence of words. And then to pair them with save Martha, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, you know what? The main purpose here is to send him into this traumatic episode and this sort of PTSD full-on montage of reliving this trauma. And uh, boy, does it. Yeah, well, and I love how – I don't know if I've noticed it before, but when the sound mix comes in there and right with the – along with the the beautiful live music – Thomas Wayne whispering Martha is the actual act of blurring into the flashback um, has a whisper of Martha right in the in the sound mix there. And it's I mean, the last word of his father, right? Yeah. Being whispered is has been haunting him his entire life. Yeah. Again, the episode begins with that muzzle flash. I think I hadn't noticed before that they keep repeating that flash sends him back into the dream, which I guess Mm -hmm. you might perceive as like a a cinematic way of cutting. But then we actually get, like you said, the muzzle of the gun and then the flash. So we see that this is all mixed up together. But explicitly, the episode, find him, save Martha. We cut to Bruce. He is back in his dream, standing outside the graves of his parents, Martha mainly, because Thomas is barely a factor here. We see him back outside of the cemetery with flowers in his hands. Like you said, the whisper of Martha now echoing again. Uh, Echo is even like too subjugated a word. It's just repeating. Then there is the muzzle of the gun, point blank coming into focus, the gunshot, the pearls. Well, and in there also, though, the shot of Bruce, his face is partially obscured by Thomas's fist. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we don't see Bruce's face until the punch is thrown. The act of Thomas throwing the punch at Joe Chill is what is what reveals child Bruce's face. And just a, a little bit of an echo back to Lex again and kind of the the poetic, what do they call it, the antimenable, where it's the it's the the inversion. But when he says no man in the sky appeared to save me from daddy's fists and abomination. I just think it's interesting then that daddy's fist is such a core part of their trauma. Well, and yeah, and that, and that Bruce let him kill them, right? That would, that would be part as you became older. Mm-hmm. Um, he had no choice, but to just stand there and let it happen for what, one of the only times that in this entire movie that we've gone down by minutes, this is a full two minute 
chunk. This is this bridge is the minute, and we we there's this is what too much drama <laughs> and too much significance for just one yeah, minute. Well, but it does, it's still segmented into pretty perfect thirty second chunks here, though, with yeah. the thirty seconds prior to the the Martha phrase, and then uh, thirty seconds up to the end of the the flashback with uh the the pearls shatter exactly at the the minute yep. mark which i think speaking of martha the the visual representation of martha's death throughout you know through this movie but also in the comics is that string of pearls exploding and so you know what a what a perfect way to not just end this minute but to to then transition into the culmination of why does this name matter <laughs> why did why did you say that name yeah, we are sending Bruce into a full... As his brain comes apart like a string of pearls. <laughs> yeah, and his... Well, and I guess if there was ever a time where Bruce thought that he was putting that trauma away to to find this resolution of how, oh no, I'm going to make it make sense. All of that happened and I was tormented so that it could make me do this. And now he stands here at the precipice of actually completing it and then... Superman has just the right words to make Bruce <laughs> again be swallowed up and realize that none of this has been in service of resolving or like getting closure or or processing or even making sense of what happened to him because he's still reliving it exactly the ex- the exact same way but we have to stop with those pearls shattering for minute 132 and get into minute 133 immediately you guys, all of you know what to do. We're not going to waste any time. Let's just get through it. Get in a minute 133 as soon as possible. We're not going to let him kill Martha. So yeah, next minute we'll figure out exactly why he did say that name. But then also we we normally try to avoid a lot of the relitigating the movie. But because of this this particular moment, it's it's only, I think, fitting that we take a closer look also at a little bit of the cultural fallout and and why people talk about the it the way they do and why it's important to to approach this moment in the right way to even have a capacity to to talk about the movie at all. A little bit. We're ending it. Let's record it right now. Bye. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. Why'd you say that name? Ah. <laughs>